We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what's going on packer fans welcome into another edition of pack a day podcast i am matt fralick alongside me once again is mike wentland and my guy gage bridgeford gentlemen how the hell are you how is your i guess fourth of july weekend uh, going thus far well, if it stops raining, it'll be great. Yeah, that would be nice. I would agree. I mean, what's it, it just precipitating? If it's raining beverages, that would be ideal. But uh, Gage, what's uh, what's going on with you, my guy? Uh, my weekend's going well. I uh, went to the gym this morning. Uh, this morning, obviously, being Saturday, so got that in. So that way I can go ahead and excuse myself for any wild eating and drinking and whatever else occurs over the next couple of days here. Uh, probably going to go see some fireworks tomorrow. Got a buddy that's in town at his parents, and he said he's already bought some for the weekend. So that's good. That means I don't have to pay for any of it. And uh, But, I mean, uh, unlike Mike, the weather here has just been hot. It's like it's not raining a whole lot here, but it is just hot as hell. And I would prefer for it to cool off a little bit because I'm just I'm not a heat guy. Never have been, never will be. The cold's nice. I, I would like it to be winter sooner rather than later. And before you get into the weather takes, like, just be careful with the fireworks, right, dude? Like, just be careful. I, be oh, cautious. I'm not going to light any of them. I'm not. Good. They, like they said, like, you don't look like you should handle fireworks. And I said, that's fair. I, I definitely shouldn't. So I'm going to go sit back and I'll let other people handle the dangerous stuff while I just get to drink and watch stuff explode and have pretty colors. So it'll be a good time for me. All right. So as if everyone's anticipating Gage success with his Fourth uh, of July weekend, let's get into some Packers talk, though. We are a daily Green Bay Packers podcast, the best one out there. We do have a guest with us this afternoon, uh, Matt Reynoldson of WFRV out of Green Bay Channel 5. Matt took time out of his day. He's uh, down in Milwaukee, but he's got a, some news. He's got a drop maybe with us, some Packers takes. We wanted to have him on the podcast. So, Matt, welcome to Pack a Day. How you doing, man? Thanks. It's great to be here. I've, I've wanted to be on this uh, this podcast for a long time. I like your work and, uh, you know, obviously tune in for all the Packer takes and everything like that. You guys keep me in the loop. You know, when I'm covering things like high school sports or NASCAR races in Elkhart Lake on the 4th of July, things like that, you guys keep me in the Packer loop. That's what I want to be focused on. That's excellent. That's excellent. Mike does some uh, uh, coverage of the high school sports, too. And But, yeah, I mean, we, we like to, uh, you know, 
stick to the Packers. Sometimes we get lulls. We're not going to be. We're not going to lie. June we had a couple maybe uh, trivia games we were playing. We were doing some Mad Libs last week of just like open ended Packers statements, which uh, people were chirping at Gage for a little bit on Twitter, which was good. That's that's what we want. We want to get the people riled <laughs> up. But uh, all things considered, let's let's just bash our heads together here and, and talk Packers. We are officially a few weeks out from training camp yet. Um, most of what we've had from the Packers is, I mean, a lot of just kind of trickle down from the Aaron Rodgers and Adam Schefter uh, draft day incident. And it's, I mean, there's been pokes here and there, obviously through the front office and the Packers, but, um, I was going to wait until later on, but it sounds like this is fresh in your brain. You were on a Denver radio station ready today, Matt, talking about this. So they, the guys from mile high and the ladies from the mile high country said they wanted to know the latest on Aaron Rodgers. So, what the hell is the latest on Aaron Rodgers? Is there anything new? Should we be reading tea leaves anywhere? I saw on his Instagram story this past week, he put up like the Zenith watch. Is it time for him to come back or what, what's your thoughts? <laughs> well, that's, that's a bit of a, that's a bit of a stretch. He's, he's, he's certainly been committed to his advertisements throughout all this. I'll, I'll give him that. But uh, regardless of being in Hawaii or being in Green Bay or renewing his membership at Green Bay Country Club, the speculation is abound. But the reality is, guys, and you know it as well as I do, we're in a bit of a holding pattern right now and just kind of waiting for the next domino to fall. And I know that doesn't play that well for Denver Bronco fans. It doesn't play exactly that well for Packer fans. But it's just kind of summer in the NFL, and a lot of people didn't participate in OTAs this year. The only real reason it's a story with Aaron Rodgers is because of what happened on draft night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly. And then the funny thing is when you after a few days, it came out of how many veterans weren't there. I think it was like 14 or 15. And you look through right. across the other one, 31 teams, ton of guys weren't there either. Like it was just another like you said, that uh, the, the domino effect, right? Just another domino that was like, oh, this is easy to look at and this is easy to to gauge. Um Other than that, like there isn't really much going on with the Packers. I know we've been going back and forth a little bit Um as far as like. You know, we are a few weeks out for training camp, right? Is there any, like, headlines you're looking forward to? Obviously, Rodgers aside, if he's going to show up. But are you looking forward to anything, any player matchups, any development of some young guys in the last couple drafts? Um, just give, give me your thoughts on what you're kind of seeing, what you're at least anticipating or excited for. Yeah, I guess the big, and this would be kind of a headliner news in pretty much any other offseason, but we're looking right now at, Devontae Adams and what his situation is going forward with the Packers. And obviously QB1 is priority one, but there's a lot of question marks on what I and a lot of people here believe is the best receiver in the NFL. And he's, his contract expires after this year. Derek Carr told my friend Bree out in, uh, out in Fresno that he's going to do his best to recruit Devontae Adams next year and and try to unlock things in his game and try to unlock things in his own game. That would only happen if the two of them were together, according to Derek Carr. So there's a lot of things going on with that Devontae Adams situation. Uh, He did an interview with Fox News last week where he said he and the Packers are in the beginning stages of discussing the possibility of an extension and things like that. I know that's something that Packer fans are really, really dialed into and, and want to happen. Uh, what was interesting to me about that article, in addition to the beginning stages of that extension, was the fact that he and the Packers had an agreement uh, about his participation in minicamp and OTAs in general, that he would sit on the side for most of it to get some of these younger guys some reps. And the fact that that was an agreement with him and the Packers, and they have that relationship where they can say, hey, you know what, um, you don't 
really want to work out too hard in the summer. We don't need you to work out that too hard in the summer. Let's get some of these young guys reps and get maybe an Amari Rogers up to speed and get him a real summer. And so he's ready to hit the ground running in August. Hey, I want to circle back to something really quick. So you mentioned uh, the car statement, which has obviously been a few days ago now. Um, how is that not tampering? <laughs> uh, I, I I don't know. 100%. Because I mean, I like I I don't know. I I've watched a lot of uh, sports in my lifetime, and I've seen various teams get away with it. Right. Uh, and just it's okay to say, "Yep, we want this guy. We're going to go get him." And then, sure enough, they do. And then we have other times where it's, "Nope, you didn't have permission to do that." And fines and draft picks and everything else. And I'm like. Mm-hmm. I just saw, like, I just, I read Derek Carr say, we're going to go get him. There's, there was no, yeah. there's no question about it. There was, yep, we're going to go hard after him. And I'm <laughs> going to put the full court press on him. And I'm like, that's, that's pretty blatant tampering right there. Right. I was, I was looking around to see if I was missing something because I wouldn't be surprised. So, I, it it, sort so of seems you know like something I don't know or. I think it's just the context of the situation, right? I mean, we look at these situations differently based on context. If someone says something out of the blue at a press conference, or on a radio or like on a on a scheduled radio appearance or something like that you know that can get a little murky but the fact that this was um a question that i don't believe was prefaced to him at a charity event i think those two factors kind of help his case of okay Derek carr is not really tampering plus i mean Derek carr doesn't really have a long-term super long-term deal locked in with vegas at this point and so it's not like okay we, we know for sure that this guy is going to be the face of the Raiders for, you know, the next 10 years or something like that. And so I, I think a myriad of factors kind of play into this that, okay, they're not going to hit Derek Carr for tampering in that way. And so for me, I actually, I actually met her when she was in Omaha and I was in Lincoln in, in Nebraska as sports reporters. And so she jumped from Omaha to Fresno. And so we follow each other's stuff. We have been, and I saw that the other day and she posted her, like full interview with him on Instagram or Snapchat or one of her social medias or whatnot. And, and I noticed that Devante uh, question and I'm like, should I pick this up? I'm guessing it's probably going to make the rounds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> By the way, I mean, you left out the most important part. It's market. Vegas is not a small market, so they're not right. going to get in trouble. That's, I mean, gestures in the direction of the Milwaukee Bucks. Right. right. If, you, yeah. if you're a big market, if you're, you're, you're fine. <laughs> So yeah. yeah, Vegas, you're you're good to go. So that's you know what that's on me. I should have known that one. But Matt, the yeah, NFL definitely. has a lot of financial interests deep in Vegas. Right yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Just, it's, just for it's a not, few it's reasons. not even the. It's not even that it's a big market. It's also a new market. So right. I mean, it's a big franchise, new market. And it's not, and it's also not like Derek is laundering it through his brother. Like yeah. if he had yeah. said this to David on the NFL Network, it'd be different. But like you yeah. said, it's like a charity event. It's. A, couple questions it's sounding he's I back think in with players, yeah right yeah they're lenient with players but if it but if john gruden had said it <laughs> it still would have been fine because it's gruden and it's a big market by the way i, but, I tell you what matt Devonte adams you look great the silver i have oh, a terrible geez. gruden impression but and that's okay <laughs> you that's better than the rest of us could have done so it's okay it's it's all right <laughs> Oh man, I just I, I I had to ask somebody who like is smarter mm-hmm. than me about it because I'm like, how does this how does this just go on? I get it, I get that it's the player, and you're right, he doesn't have a long term deal in place. I mean, they've tried to trade him what every single trade deadline for the last three years. That's not hey, that's, 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 that's a rumors, legitimate right? like. Yeah, the rumor yeah, is yeah. every year, hey, Derek Carr's on the move. He's never liked him. That's I mean, yeah. that's fair. 
No, he was, he was an MVP candidate until he got hurt. Yeah. yeah. That was a fun year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not I, even a, not even a Raiders fan. I just love no. watching Carr in that it, at that level. That was, that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah I had him in the Super Bowl that year. Yeah. You had him in the Super Bowl? That year, yeah. I had Derek Carr as like a Dark Horse MVP going into that season. And then as they started winning, I'm like, they have, the AFC is kind of weak. He, they have a shot, yeah. shot, and then he gets hurt. And then Connor Cook is starting a playoff game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had him in fantasy football that year, so he did he did well for me. But until he didn't because he got hurt. But yeah. <laughs> so, Matt, I mean, obviously we're – you know, we're trying to squeeze some juice out of here between training camp starting and and maybe some preseason games. And you're giving us a lot of good tidbits here. But let's like let's scale back a little bit. Like you are from uh, Nebraska, right? Born That's and raised, right. went to school down there at the University of Nebraska, Cornhuskers. Yeah. So first and foremost, have you always been a Packer fan or is your recent transplant to Green Bay turned you to like in the green gold? It's the, it's the transplant. It really okay. is. And, uh, okay. you know, it was super easy to gravitate toward the Packers because I was always, you know, I was always super aware of what was going on uh, in, I would say, I would say with three franchises, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Arizona Cardinals and the Green Bay Packers. So I was always clued in to probably those three because, you know, you're in the Midwest right there. Those three, those three. Uh, well, sorry. Packers and the Chiefs are always going to be on TV in that regional market. And a lot of times with that late game, that three o'clock window, the Pacific window, whatever, you know, the way the, the, you know, the Fox and CBS stuff always tend to line up, I would see a lot of Cardinals games as well. Obviously, I mentioned I, I, I have family from Arizona, big Suns fan. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I was aware of what was going on with the Cardinals, I'm just not a big uh, fan of any one team. And so not having an allegiance to any NFL team made it super easy to just gravitate toward the Packers immediately and, uh, and immerse myself in the awesome history and, and uniqueness of it. And like, I, I wouldn't, I guess I would say I've, I've become borderline obsessed with everything going on with the Packers and certainly not to the, to the level of some of the excellent writers and um, media members and everybody surrounding this franchise, but uh, I'm just doing my best to keep up. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I, I think I did a little, I, I said, you know, you transplanted here. You're like, you haven't really been in Green Bay very long, right? I think you mm-hmm. came to WFRB right around the pandemic or during it. And so it's like, it, nothing's really been real yet. You're kind of got like, uh, yeah, I don't know, you kind of got just water wings on or you did for a little while, right? You're just floating, kind yeah. of waiting to get into the, the deep end, which has been probably a blessing in disguise at some point. Oh, absolutely. It's been a, a weird abbreviated year. It's been nice that Green Bay has been... Um, a little less restrictive than a lot of other places in the country, which was uh, good because, you know, when you're going somewhere and you know absolutely nobody, you're, just, you're looking for avenues to meet people instead of just sitting in your apartment. Um, but that it was it was different from a Packers standpoint. Um, I was able to, you know, get my feet wet a little bit with the Zooms and the conference calls and everything like that. But that one year was enough for my entire career. I am ready to get into the locker room, get uh, boots on the ground and, and really get rolling with this stuff. Cause I mean, that's, that's, that's why I came here. I'm so excited. to come here. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Um, Gage is from uh, Indiana and he's, so he's a, he's a Packer fan as well. Mike and I are from Wisconsin. So it's like, we're, it's just born in our DNA, right? I like, was born in Wisconsin. I want that on the record. I was born I in Wisconsin. Born I lived there until I was like five. I moved down here. Uh, but I still have I have grandparents that live there, and then I have um, other family members that still live up in Wisconsin as well. Um, so, like, Dad's family lives down here, but 
mom's family all up there in the cheesehead world. So like, don't you got cheese in your blood? Oh yeah, no, yeah, all cheese, all cheese. <laughs> and I'm the only one that left and came back. Yep, yep. And I was in an Iowa for a while. But that's what connects us, guys. We're, we're Packer fans. So, you know, it's, we're all like a fraternity or even a sorority if you need to. Like, we're all just packed in. We, lo- we love the green and gold, and they travel well. Like, what was it? Was there, do you remember if there was like players growing up um, that you enjoyed watching, Matt, that were Packers or like you said, the Cardinals or the Chiefs? Or was one particular player or an, maybe a moment that made you like, oh, the Packers are different because of this? Yeah. I mean, those, 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 those Packer teams. I mean, that, that Super Bowl in 2010 was just mm-hmm. unbelievable. Like that was that, I mean, obviously 2011, technically, whatever the 2010 season, that Super Bowl was uh, unbelievable. And I remember, you know, watching that playoff run and just being so entranced as a 15 year old at the time that a six seed could make this run all the way to the Super Bowl and take on what I looked at as the big bad Steelers and everything like that. And you saw Charles Woodson. I always liked BJ Raji. I mean, he's, he's a fan favorite for a long time. You know, I, I watched the, I watched the far days, but to be honest with you guys growing up, I mean, Sundays were, Sundays were a little bit hit or miss for me because I was so invested in college football every single Saturday that I would watch, you know, eight to 10 hours of college football and just be a complete, junkie about it on Saturdays. You know, I, I wrote a college football blog, everything like that. I did that during class instead of paying attention. And so I took so much time to do that on Saturdays that um, it would have to take, you know, a, a game that I was actually sitting down to, to watch and things like that on Sundays for me to for me to really gravitate toward the NFL. But like, as I got older and I got, you know, just more into the appreciation of football in and of itself, because I mean, it's such a, the, the more you learn about, the ins and outs of the game, it, it really, it really does, you know, resonate better. And uh, the more appreciation I got for football in and of itself, the more I gravitated toward the NFL. And this was kind of, kind of the perfect crescendo coming here for that. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
That makes total sense. Uh, this is the Pack of Day podcast. We are on right now with uh, Matt Reynoldson of WFRV Channel 5. You can find him on Twitter at Matt underscore Reynoldson. I got it. So let's let's get back instead of like the history of your like, let's really get into the nitty gritty here. Like the last couple of years. Right. Sure. Yeah. Like what in your opinion, like we're going to talk like post McCarthy, because I feel like it's been it was a long drawn out, like bad breakup. Right. There was it was yeah. there's, those years for me. They're kind of gray. I'm a little there was they're a little uh, little inebriated, you know, drinking a <laughs> little extra to try to get through some of those games. And you're just looking for like bright spots. But like. This Lafleur era, I think, has revitalized a lot. And living in Green Bay, I've seen that people are more excited about the team. Um, talking to friends, family, maybe casual fans, everyone's more on board with Lafleur, and that's awesome. But you know, overall, we've seen some, I guess, inadequacies, if you will, or maybe weaknesses in the way the Packers organization is structured. Um, do you think, like, do you think this situation could have played out differently? I mean, on either side, like, do you, what? I know there's a lot of variables, right? I mean, there's a ton of stuff from the way Adam Schefter covered it to the way Jordan Love was brought in to just the way the Packers are ran without actually having like a a general manager, an owner, I should say. Um, Like what what really went wrong? Was it a culmination of things? And like what could they do to resolve it at this point? Or is that like an impossible answer? That's a really good question, and I think there are so many layers to this that I guess the, the only real way to do it is to, I mean, not even so much go in chronological order because we're so messed up with the actual chronology of this. Mm-hmm. It's to, to look at kind of the, the top down, and I guess the most recent public misstep by the Packers was Mark Murphy calling Aaron Rodgers in a public forum a complicated fella. Now, we anybody who's ever been around Aaron Rodgers or really knows Aaron Rodgers. Okay, yeah, that's fair. He's kind of a complicated fella. But you can't say that if you're the CEO of the Packers. That's just not the president, CEO of the Packers. It's just not what you do, especially when things are not going so well. So let's move down or off. Let's move to the, the general manager and the front office and everything like that. And I am a huge I really enjoy talking to Brian Gutekunst. I think he's intelligent. I think he owns a press conference. I think he generally has a very strong and grounded way of how he goes about things. But don't just make decisions because it's the Packer way. There is some nuance, and there is so much nuance in this that has been that seemed to have been lost on the Packers, right? And I know this wasn't the biggest deal in the world, but it was a small thing that when you're in a little bit of a fight with somebody, right? Say you're, say you're in an argument with a significant other. Every little thing gets brought up. And that little thing for Aaron Rodgers this past season, and I saw it firsthand, was letting Jake Kumro go for Malik Taylor. I know Malik Taylor's a better special teams player. You know, I, got, I, I haven't interviewed Taylor, but uh, you know, I've got nothing against him, obviously, and I'm sure he's um, growing into you know a, a stronger player year by year. But if you have a franchise quarterback that's been around for a decade and a half, and he wants to keep one player that he can throw six or seven balls to every year, and that he thinks makes a difference and makes him happy and is one of his friends, it's a fifth string or sixth string wide receiver. You can do it. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's not like they it's not like they use that roster spot on an upcoming edge rusher or an upcoming impact player 
or, you know, a tackle that they really thought was, you know, just, just needed one year and would be picked up if, if, they, if he got sent down to the practice squad or something like that. It was, they, they, they legitimately replaced Jake Kumro with another receiver, and it was explained to us as specifically because of what he could do on special teams. And, I, you know, I think that, I think that in the Jordan Nelson situation and just a lot of different things, Rodgers probably holds on to those slights a little bit more than some of us. And I think you just got to read the room a little bit better uh, from, from a coaching standpoint. And now one rung below that, I, I, I would say Matt LaFleur has done a great job fostering the relationship with Aaron Rodgers. He's said all the right things. And he is, by all accounts, a, a player's coach that knows when to be tough and knows when to listen to guidance and uh, you know, has a really open communication uh, with Aaron Rodgers. I really think in the end scheme of things, that part of it and his relationship with the head coach and how they are, you know, friends and bounce ideas off of each other. I, I don't know if this will ever come out, but I really think that that will be the tipping point into what has Aaron Rodgers coming back to green Bay because that relationship, when, when you are, when you feel alienated from X wrong on the ladder, Y wrong on the ladder, these these different organizational managers, you know, above you in any business, you want to gravitate towards somebody, and that somebody is Aaron Rodgers' immediate supervisor, I guess you could say, in this scenario. And I think that relationship with Matt Lafleur is what eventually—I don't know if it'll be sooner or later—but what eventually fixes this. Playing off of that, do you think that? So obviously, we've all heard the Rodgers called Gutekind's Jerry Krause. <laughs> we've, all, we've all heard this. Yes. Whether or not you believe it or not, that's up to you. We're not discussing that today, but we've all heard that. <laughs> and you said ultimately that leans towards Aaron Rodgers coming back. So do you think that if Aaron Rodgers comes back, it's somewhat similar to the like the last dance season for Jordan, where it was just the entire year was just a giant middle finger to the front office? Like he like he liked Phil. Phil was yeah. this guy. Yep. But but everybody above Phil could just go shove it, right? Well, so, I think so. Do you like? Do you think that like the the complicated fella comment gets like Rogers just walks around just wearing a shirt that says I'm not that complicated like, every day, <laughs> and then like Goot just anytime Goot like calls him or something, he just doesn't answer, or like Aaron just makes fun of him for being short or something. Just do you think like that sort of because like Rogers, like you said holds on to that stuff a bit more. And I think that I, I don't know if I've ever seen an NFL player that doesn't hold on to certain things other than maybe yeah. Trevor Lawrence, like with his, yeah. like, I've never had a chance. He's just a rook. Wait, wait it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, he, I was just like, yeah, just, just give him a minute. Just give him a, he'll get there. But I mean, in fairness to Trevor, he's literally never been doubted. Right. It's literally always been right. Trevor's great, et cetera. But Aaron has been, he went to community college and then he was at Cal and then he slid all the way to 24th. He was in the backyard of the team he watched growing up and they passed on him for another quarterback. And then he's had, so it's just, it's been all these years. And so he probably does have that chip on his shoulder and the, like the Jordy thing, the, the Josh Sitton cutting, which I think kind of slips under the radar a bit in terms of like cuttings that happen because Rodgers and like seem to enjoy having sitting in a good offensive line around and DJ Kumaro bit and then not getting the phone call on Jordan Love. We know for a fact that Andy Dalton got called about Justin Fields this year. We know Jimmy Garoppolo was informed, hey, we're going to be drafting Trey Lance or some other quarterback when we're on the clock at three. We know that Alex Smith was told about the Patrick Mahomes plan. 
So you have all these other guys, and then Rodgers is like, outside of Mahomes, I'm far more talented than any of these guys. I've done more than any of these guys have, and yet I can't get a phone call? So like, do you think that Rodgers comes back with that kind of attitude, just like, I don't care what anybody says. Matt and the team, that's my guys. Everybody else, just goodbye. Don't have anything to do with you. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's very possible. I, you know, I've been on, I've been on kind of both sides of this this phone call situation where they or he didn't get a phone call, he didn't get a heads up that they were drafting Jordan Love. But you know, I mean, the way this the way this thing kind of played out, I mean, I sincerely believe that they were looking hard at Justin Jefferson and Brandon Ayuk, and I've been told by enough people, and I, I don't. Have oh, sources I, in high well. like, I don't have sources in high places yet, but I, I've been told by enough people that that is true. And yeah. so when things are changing minute by minute in a draft room and you don't have the, you don't really have the relationship uh, where you can send somebody a, a text in a minute and, and, and reach them and it'll play the same and everything like that. Like, I'm not saying they have to walk on eggshells around Aaron, but it's just not exactly the type of, GM and player relationship that you know, like, like you could easily have with an Alex Smith. Alex Smith is one of the all-time just nice guys in the NFL. Just one of the you know, just a very solid and and very happy-go-lucky disposition. He's everybody's friend, no matter what. And I think I think Aaron. I mean, he also just said that Aaron doesn't need to get paid any more money. Like he no, just he said that. So I, I was like, I don't know if he's Aaron's friend right now, but yeah, he's just he's but he's that guy that's just the you know the the ultimate locker room guy. And Aaron is a huge you know Aaron has a huge you know friendship base in that locker room, and obviously commands the respect of um, most everybody in the Packers organization. Um, but just the problem is, you know, people have different communication styles, and. I don't know if sending Aaron Rodgers a text two minutes before they draft Jordan Love would have played any better than them just doing it. Yeah, that, that's fair. I like I I agree that it's probably more like the roster, the other roster moves, like the Kumaro Nelson that sort of thing right. than the Love decision. But you have to point to it. And also a th- another thing about the Love situation that gets overlooked: there was a lot of rumors tying the Colts to trading up and taking and trading with Seattle. Yeah, take yep. Jordan Love. Like that was yep. a very strong rumor that had a lot of legs. Rap Sheet was the top name on that, touting that, and wrote multiple. And there was multiple articles written in the days following the draft that the Colts were m- planning to move up for Jordan Love, and then Green Bay moved up with the intention to take Ayuk, who got San Francisco trade up for him, correct? San Francisco traded up before Green Bay traded up. Yeah. So, so uh, Green Bay didn't move up with the intention to take Ayuk, but that was their that was somebody that they were looking at moving up for. They were they were exploring that option. Gotcha. But yeah, so the Colts aspect and people are like, oh well the Colts didn't trade up, so that means they weren't going for him. It's like, yeah, they didn't trade up for him because he wasn't on the board anymore. There was a right. it was a handshake <laughs> agreement with Seattle of hey, if he's there, we're coming, here's the deal. And if he's not there, no deal. And then it's the, the exact Seattle scenario Jordan that the it's the same scenario the Ravens were with Darnell Savage the year before. The yep. Ravens really wanted Savage and once Green Bay moved up and took him, they traded down. First round grades, you know, they, they, mm-hmm. they, they, they carry your board and, you know, it's a scouting business and the people that are really successful in scouting go really far. That's why you saw you know, Ted Thompson, you know, carry his, carry his job for as long as he did. And, you know, obviously, you know, had, had his very well-known successes and obviously a few missteps along the way and everything like that. But, you know, he didn't own a press conference like Brian Gutekunst does. 
And he, he was in that position because he was an elite scout and worked his way up through the Packers organization and through, through the NFL and everything like that. And I mean, um, like <laughs> scouting pays the bills. It's their Christmas every, every draft day. And they are, and they are fighting other people for presents. <laughs> it's been, it's been interesting to follow the past couple of years, especially and last year was so weird with them you know, not getting any real evals after the combine because we were all the world was shut down and we're looking at Roger Goodell slowly slumping further in his chair in his basement. <laughs> <laughs> I guess kind of, kind of a follow-up to the communication aspect of it. And, and I know obviously Brian Good cuts my food partner sitting at text, but I remember when Lafleur was hired, Luke Getzey was brought in most specifically because of his relationship with Aaron Rodgers. I wonder if that could have been an, an option where if Getzey's in the room, Hey, can you quick send a text to Aaron and maybe also to Boyle to all the quarterbacks? Hey, there's a, give me a quarterback coming here. So just yeah. another guy's coming in the room because yeah. the assistants aren't going to be doing a ton during draft night. You don't think, you know, I during, think, uh, I wonder how different this situation goes if – that you make a good point. I wonder, I wonder how different this situation goes if they're in the war room. You know, if they just – if they have everybody involved in a normal war room, we're not in a pandemic, it's not Matt LaFleur and his kids um, sitting at his house communicating everything through Zoom and texts and, um, you know, whatever, whatever they did to wire Matt LaFleur's house – for all this, um, you know, it, it, I wonder how different that communication line would have gone. That's that's re- that's really interesting because I really think that would have played well. But you know, you you couldn't turn to a Luke Getzey and say, "Hey, can you send a text?" Because he wasn't in the room. What a weird saga! Like honestly, you, you, like even just going back that far too is just like yeah, just small little. Maybe just do it this way. Maybe you don't do this. You do this, and it's just that's wow. What a what a crazy couple of years it's been. But I mean, all in all, like I I personally, I don't know. We've kind of talked about this once in a while. I feel like Rogers is coming back and playing. Um, I imagine you feel the same way, Matt. I do. Yeah, I really do. I think, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't know if he'll be there first day of training camp. And I said that on I said that on Denver radio today. I think there's one more twist and turn into this into this saga. It doesn't feel like we're quite done yet, but uh, it feels like we're, we're getting there. And uh 12 will take in, we'll be taking snaps in green and gold day one. Definitely. Definitely. Um, <clears throat> for all your Packers related news, obviously keep listening to pack a day podcasts, uh, especially go check out Matt Reynoldson on Twitter uh, at Matt underscore Reynoldson. He works for WFRV channel five in green Bay. He'll be at training camp soon. Finally getting in the locker room and mixing up with the boys like normal. Um, yeah. I'd look forward to all your all your content, Matt, coming out. Hopefully you got some good insight. You provided us with some great stuff, especially just your hypothesis on the last couple of years with the, the Packers. But anything else uh, you want to plug before we let you take off here? Anything else you're working on and when people can see you uh, on the TV? Yeah, so I'm, I'm on almost every night. WFRV Channel 5 in Green Bay. Uh, just but the only thing I have to plug is just listen to the Pack-A-Day podcast. Just a, just honor to be on with you guys and um, really, really enjoy it. Really, really enjoy the show and all the content you guys put out. So happy to come on anytime and looking forward to the next one. Awesome. I appreciate that. Um, you can find me on Twitter as well, where all my content is at Matt underscore Frey underscore. That's at M-A-T-T underscore F-R-A underscore. Uh, about to start with Game on Wisconsin content coming in the next couple of weeks when training camp starts. Um, but Mike, I know you got some stuff going on. Uh, what do you got going on the rest of the summer? 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mike Wendland. So that's W-E-N-D-L-A-N-D-T. And it's all one word together. Uh, for broadcasting, I am on Zaleski Sports. So go to ZaleskiSports.com. I'm doing a lot of uh, Legion baseball. And I'll be doing a lot of football coming up in the fall in the high school year. A lot of in the Fox Valley. So stay tuned for that as well at ZaleskiSports.com. Gage, I know you have you said you have bagel bites or pizza rolls to make i hope it's pizza rolls but it's, it's pizza rolls it's pizza, pizza rolls, rolls. Okay. and they're coming yeah. up they're coming up when we're done here but Excellent. yeah now you can find me as always on twitter at gbridge for nfl uh real quick matt thanks for coming on with us today but uh, all my twitter content or all my content that i that i write for is denver stiffs dynasty nerds uh roto baller i might be doing game on wisconsin stuff for fantasy football for them this year i don't know yet that's something i have to look into here in the next couple of next month or so now just with the season really right around the corner um and it's easier to just tell me tell you all the stuff i write is going to be tweeted out there and just go follow me and find it there uh because otherwise you're going to be taking up way too many tabs in your browser good point you you definitely don't want to use up the bandwidth with all those tabs <laughs> go to just go find gauge on twitter and uh definitely tweet at him if you've got any uh takes related to anything he's got going on but um for uh, Mike Wentland, Gage Bridgeford, we appreciate Matt Reynoldson coming on. Definitely check his stuff out for WFRV and on Twitter at Matt underscore Reynoldson. Um, but I'm Matt Freilich. You guys stay well. And as Mike always says, carry the G. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.